Brandon, you've got 99 problems and your mic is one of them. It is one of them. So it is one. of. Why haven't I got a better setup? I mean, we've done 25 episodes and I'm still on the same stuff that I had when I started. I thought I'd be like literally renting a studio space by now. <laughs> let's, clap, let's clap. Let's clap. We're losing a bunch of good stuff. Three, two, one. to the freelance dance a weekly conversation between three experienced freelancers who are navigating the ups and downs and the ins and outs of the freelance dance my name is jake knight joined by my co-hosts marty theory and brandon watts welcome to the freelance dance is that weird to have somebody with a last name like a first name like their last name is your first name that's why that's why i go by marty lewis it's all yeah. to me, two first names are way memorable than a first name and then a random, super hard to pronounce. How do you say that? Theory? Theory? Terry? <laughs> My whole life. I'm sorry, man. We just, we bought, that's a lot to bring up. That's a lot to bring up so early on the show. <laughs> We're starting the show uh, with trauma. I have, with I trauma. Have a theory yeah. That your name is Martin Theory. Um, oh, that's good. Is that your uh, first, was, you just came up with that? Well, I feel like all of our last names are people can make fun of, but there's not like a lot of horrible things they can say. Oh, yeah, I've heard Watts. them all. Right? Oh, I've heard the them all. Brandon Such Watts as? is a great, great name. That is so <laughs> brandable. It's, it's something. I mean, I've used it for my business name, but I mean, how many electricity jokes have I heard? All of them is the answer. All of yes, them. All of them. Especially okay. because I DJed weddings when I was like 16 and I went oh. by the name DJ Megawatts and that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep cut, a deep cut with Brandon. It's a oh deep my cut. goodness. I had no other Instagram oh, post man. this week is going to be, yeah. I am uh, texting your mother and I'm going to get a picture of you DJing. No, 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 no. <laughs> Mega, Megawatts. Oh, uh, uh, can't wait. Well, DJing is a very glamorous term for what I did, which is I had a playlist in iTunes and I let it ride. And, you know, I mean, you do make you do make changes based on the mood of the room and, you know, the wedding and all that kind of stuff. You can select stuff. But for the most part, we had a pretty, pretty well done playlist that we could just ride through. We knew how it would start, you know, the middle of the reception, the end. You didn't have to intervene with it very much. You just had to maintain it. So. Unless you had special requests. Did you at least crossfade and get like some good crossover so it didn't just like end a song and then start? Did you get some no, like iTunes this was a very amateur. This was very oh, amateur. Okay, okay, this was me standing okay. by a computer. Yeah. I mean, d- d- what about me makes you think I'd be an actual DJ? Are you crazy? <laughs> I'm the guy who like sets the computer up and hits play on iTunes. I just six hour get, playlist. Listen, you have a name. I mean, you're into it at least a little DJ bit. Megawatts. Yeah, well, I think the name was given to me. Yeah, it was a thing. It was a thing. Trust me. So I did. I did like an eighth grade school dance one time. I got roped into doing that, and that was the most awkward like two hours of my life. And this is how it went: kids coming up asking if I can play an inappropriate song. Me saying, "Sarah, I can't play that song for two hours." That's it. That was all it was. How old were you? Never. How old were you doing that? Um, probably early twenties. Okay. And it was one of my students, like I, cause I, you know, taught dance and stuff. So I had the kids who then their parents asked me if I would do it. And I was like, this sounds fun. And it turns out it wasn't. So <laughs> sorry guys, your mom won't let me play that song. <laughs> sorry. That's right. Yeah. Your teacher has that on the list of not to uh, play songs. <laughs> Potentially without naming names or songs. What types of, were they asking for rap songs? Were they asking for songs with oh. curse words? Like what were they asking for? I think it was probably around the time where apple bottom jeans was a song. Oh, say no more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted a time frame and a general look at what these kids were asking for. But that totally, that totally takes you back to a certain time in the what early mid two thousands when that was out. Yeah. No, I just think music is just such a big part of all of our lives. Like to you know, to DJ, that makes total sense that like you would be involved in music at some, some level. I think that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, so I was telling you guys earlier about some of my Apple purchases and Oh yeah. 
Um, I here's my only regret for that is that I wish I would have waited till after the next their next uh, after the WWDC. Oh. Yes, new MacBook like Pros I- incoming, boys. New MacBook Pros on Monday announced. So yeah, what time yeah. is it Monday? It's is it 10 a.m. One Eastern? Yeah, the one Eastern. Yeah, 10 Pacific. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I know what I'll be doing on my... Oh, by the way, so the 4K Apple TV, I did get the new one with the new remote, yeah. which is like the old remote. Um, it's really great. It works wonderful. So the one thing that... So Marty and I kind of watched the, the um, live stream of the announcement of that and so we were talking about the color quality and the color correction and i was kind of joking that like oh, whatever it's not that big of a deal so i did it and then we're watching a program and during it uh my wife goes the color on this is insane <laughs> and i was like that's because we just calibrated our tv so that is actually really cool to like to that that tech where you actually use your phone it's camera to analyze the, the colors on the screen and then it optimizes your t- for your TV. So everybody's is going to be a little different. So you're not just using the default settings that your TV manufacturer, you know, in the lab thinks this is the ideal settings for a I dark know that's, basement. That's yeah. stupid, but that actually was one of the most exciting parts for me for that product because the problem with calibrating a TV is I never know if it's right. You know, I, yeah. my TV looks good to me, but it- I want, I want some automated, you know, algorithm determining for me, what is the appropriate colors I should be seeing. Because those sliders, you can go crazy on those. And modern TVs, there's like 40 of them. And it's like, is this the way I'm supposed to be viewing this? Or Yeah, so I, your eyes I adjust. That. Your yeah. eyes will adjust to the color. And you're just like, yeah, this is the way it looks. What's the problem? <laughs> yeah. It, in my mind, we I needed to um, add a device for one of our rooms in the house, an Apple TV device. And so it made sense to, to upgrade and get one. But I, I am thoroughly impressed with a couple of things. So the remote, I'm really impressed with. Um, like I said previously, their other remote, the previous version, I can like confidently say I've never grabbed it in the correct position. Never. Um, you never know. No, I always Especially grab it upside down. For for people who watch movies with the lights off, like a normal person, human, <laughs> anyone, you pick up that thing and guess what? You hit the button wrong. You hit the wrong button. Yep. And and now you've you've basically you've exited that app. And you're on your PS4 for whatever reason. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're the, your TV is searching for TV signals all of yeah. a sudden. And I, you're like, why I am I searching I for signals? I just pressed one button. I just um, pressed one button. And it feels nice in your hand. You know, it's not like it doesn't slip oh, yeah. through the cracks it's, of your couch and disappear. It's got some weight to it. It's not even, you know, why don't they have the Apple tag on it? Was that, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. What, Air tag? yeah what is AirTag? Yeah. What, 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 in the world happened with that they released it the same day right two teams two teams working on different projects that's what that was oh you guys have a, you're gonna come out with a new remote oh good idea although are you sure it doesn't 100 percent doesn't people are the companies are now selling uh remote holders with tags holders with the, with the tag with the tag on it Okay. Their commercial, their commercial, one of the commercials was the person running through the couch trying couch, to find trying. something, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, come okay. on. Did nobody why see is this, that? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Different teams. This is a, a, a little lesson for any, any company. Talk to each other. Have an internal newsletter. I don't know. You know, <laughs> just saying. I, but maybe it just tells you, I mean, it also tells you like these things probably came out completely different times and i'm oh, yeah. thinking i'm thinking apple tv remote 4k this this remote has been out around for a while i saw a tweet or something that showed apparently the apple logo on one of their one of the remotes that this guy got was not centered for whatever reason like so build quality or even just those those little deets. Like it's it's centered on mine. And I don't know. Let me see yours. Jake. It feels like it's yeah. centered on mine. It's centered. Yeah. But the photo, I don't I, I'll try to find it. It's clearly not centered. Like it's probably a couple inches. I mean not an inches, a couple millimeters off. 
<laughs> How embarrassing, Apple. It is embarrassing. Go back to the drawing board. No, I know. It, it, that's bad for them. That's bad for well, them. Well, we, we were talking, I don't know if I was having a conversation with somebody else, but like the reason the calendar app or the, not the calendar, the calculator app is not on the iPad. Because right. I think famously yeah. Steve Jobs is like, hey, if you can't make this just look like a bigger version of what's on the phone, we're not putting it on there. So like to this day, there is no native calculator app for the iPad, which seems insane to me, by the way. It is. It is insane. But how many calculator apps are there out there for an iPad? And do you want one that has ads on it? I'm not paying for a calculator. Oh, I'll I give like you I'm the stuck. answer to your equation if you watch this 30 second ad first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm looking at it. I'm, like, I'm going to see. And, and my There's equation is like. What is this? So, you know, what? Um, I tell you, my favorite calculator is um, is uh, command space on the Mac. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That is my favorite. Just the search, the native yeah. search. I love it. Well, so do you guys use Safari? What is that? What do they call that? Siri? Or what are they? Is it? Um, what is that little search thing? Is it Safari? I don't even know what it's called. Oh, Spotlight or whatever? Spotlight. Spotlight. There it is. That's Spotlight. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys have Spotlight or do you use a different app? I use Spotlight. For the calculator? Or do you use no. Alfred? Nope. No. Okay. I've, you know, I that's use- been a huge productivity thing for years. I've never, I've never gone down that rabbit hole. It's too intimidating. Well, no. Here's the thing. Do it. It'll, it's crazy how much better. I, I used to have Alfred and now I'm actually I'm demoing a different one right now called Raycast which I'm liking the more and more it comes. It's, it's act, being actively developed. I feel like uh, uh, Alfred, it, I mean, it gets updated, but the updates are kind of just like, eh. whereas Alfred, whereas Raycast right now is doing some pretty interesting things, um, mm. that, including like scripting. But anyway, um, no, check out Alfred. If you haven't had Alfred or you haven't used Alfred, that's probably a good, good replacement for um, Spotlight. And spot, I mean, spot, to, to be fair, Spotlight stole that from Alfred. Everything Spotlight can do right now, oh, we yeah. got that from Alfred. So. Yep. Oh, interesting. So um, one of the things, I, I was listening to another podcast, they were talking about that. And my least favorite thing is when I do a search, a Spotlight search in Apple, um, mm-hmm. sometimes this feels like uh, Google's search. But, but if I just type in like numbers, like I want to search the numbers app, um, it will give me that as the first thing. But then the next thing is like um, strings in Excel that might yeah. like, or a generic lookup or my, my definition of what a number is. I was like, no, I, you know what? Alfred does a really, really good job at like trying to find like, for instance, what you're doing and you're trying to search for files on your computer for whatever reason, like, I mean, you can definitely narrow your search down and say, Hey, don't look in these folders or don't look at this type of, but it, it'll kind of like understand if you're opening these type of files more than you're going to ever open like a dot X, Y, Z file. Right. So, XML, you know, yeah, yeah whatever. You're, yeah. XML. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> X, Y, Z might uh, be a thing too. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah. I think, yeah. Anyway, um, you're never going to open those. You never, you, that's not something you're going to be opening but you're definitely going to be opening up a numbers file or uh, what I like to do is with Alfred, I'll have like shortcuts to certain folders. So that way I can just, Hey, I know I want to get in my Dropbox DB. I just type in DB and it opens up Dropbox. I need to go to my downloads folder DL type in that in the, in the Alfred, it opens it up super easy shortcuts like that. Kind of make your, just your life a little bit better on your computer a little bit. I feel like my biggest hesitation for any of these tools, cause I have better touch tool. I downloaded that and I have like a three finger tap that brings up my uh, copy and paste history. And then a four yeah. finger tap that does my screenshot. Um, nice. My biggest frustration with all of these super awesome tools is the amount of time it takes you to set them up initially. Like that's where I get lost is that going through all of the use cases. Cause here's the thing I can listen to a podcast and someone but talks that's about all, that's the fun part. Not for me, it isn't. It isn't. Okay. <laughs> no, I want you to just tell me how I great love, it is. I love tell config. Me. I don't know. I can get lost in config, but that's maybe that's just me. Maybe that's the title of this episode because <laughs> <laughs> there's a love song I feel brewing. 
<laughs> um, anyway, software and tools. I don't know. Um, well, we were, we were talking about earlier about this idea about how important it is to be, I don't know if the word is like flexible or adaptable or um, even just experimenting with what we're, with what we do and not just even with our tools, because we use a lot of tools. And like you just said, Marty, you're, you're actively testing a new tool that's in development. Like you're quick to experiment with stuff, but I feel like it, like all of us and probably even just as freelancers, that's a super common thread is that you have to adapt. You have to experiment. Um, and like you said, Brandon earlier, it's not just like with our businesses, but even like how we're doing work or why. So yes. what, what, why is that on your mind? I'm curious. Oh, for many reasons. <laughs> we're, we're 25 episodes in and you can kind of chart the reason I bring this up. So the past six to nine months or so, I've been experimenting with productizing in a very direct way. So basically at the exclusion of any other type of work. And it's been very interesting and successful with the ones I've done it with. It's been very interesting to do strategy as a service, but I'm realizing it's not scalable um, on its own, at least at this point, it's not scalable as the only thing I can do. So I've, I've gone back to having a menu of services. So for the PR side, I'm an advisor, I have a retainer, and then I have the DIY package. Um, so the whole, the whole concept was that I, I learned from my experiences, I, I, I always, and I told you guys this, it's probably one of the episodes that I'm going to try this for six months, see what happens and then adapt from there. And that's exactly what I did. So we're about six months into 2021. Now I've seen the results, really good feedback. But when I keep talking to clients, they still want hands on support, which I understand. I was having great calls with companies that I unfortunately couldn't work with because they wanted me to you know, treat it like a normal agency or like a normal freelancer who's very hands on. So that feedback was very instructional. And I still have companies that want DIY. I should be starting one later this month that I've talked to for a few months. And so that will keep coming in. But this menu of services is the right option for me. And it was only through experimenting that I realized that's the way to do it. So I'm not getting rid of the DIY. It's just it's the premium tier of my services now. And it's going to be a great fit for companies that don't want your typical agency. They want to do it themselves. I built out the framework. I've proven the model. I have quotes from customers. So it's not a hypothetical thing anymore. I can actually point to results. Same thing with the advisor. And I feel much better about my business than I ever have now. I mean, I feel better about it from when I started, from when I started productizing. When I have calls now and I show the menu of services, I know that there's a good option in there for anyone that wants to work with me. As long as they want to work with me, we can find a solution now. So that's that's why I brought this up is that you have to. And, and COVID was a great time to just kind of disconnect and say, you know what? What right, I've been doing right. for 20 years of my career. Why don't I try something different? And it is nice to be in a position to be able to do that and basically lose money for a while on purpose to try some business, you know, experiences. But um it was valuable. I would have never done what I do now if I didn't take the time to experiment and then adapt. So instead of being foolish and saying, I want DIY exclusively, that's all I'm going to do. I'm realizing that that's maybe not the right choice right now. And, you know, back to offering a menu of services and it's already turning around and getting better. And people, people I've talked to in the past, I reached out to them and said, Hey, we're back in a menu and I've already signed one of them and it's, it's good feedback. So this is this is what I've learned, but I think all of us need to just from time to time change your business model, experiment with a different business model may not work out. It didn't work out entirely like I wanted it to, but I learned yeah. something from it. If it's not if it's not working the way that you expected it to. Yeah, definitely. Maybe <clears throat> change it up because. You know, you're going <laughs> to have to <laughs> if we want to make yeah. money. But here's the thing, too. I think, too, that. It doesn't mean that necessarily it was a bad idea no, or that it was um, an idea that you shouldn't do or go to or explore. I think that possibly it could, it could, you know, you still have it in your back pocket or you still have it as part of your, like you said, bundle of services or packages that you have 
that, hey, maybe one of these companies that you signed on for this package could eventually move up to this other one. Right? Yeah, so, I, I was... I was so down the rabbit hole of doing normal PR agency work, retainer work, you know, full time, you know, regular activity. I'd always wanted to build out this strategy component, but you have to almost I, I couldn't see a way to do it doing my normal work. So I basically had to pump the brakes on everything and say, listen, I really see a, a big potential in this. I need to just go heads down in this. And that's what I did. Yeah. Do you think that maybe while you're in the whatever, you know, you're in that one package deal. You think you could be selling the other one at the same time? Uh, yeah. You know, being like, Hey, you know, we're doing this, but you know, this could also, you could DIY that too. Or yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I've started to, to mix the services even before I've updated the website and other things Mm -hmm. that are in progress right now. But, um, I, I am realizing that a menu of services is very helpful because a lot of agencies like a PR agencies, it's like one or nothing. It's just you work with us and we help you out. But I'm seeing really good feedback from people like, OK, at a very small amount of money, I can have you, you know, on monthly calls and some help at a much more, you know, the middle tier. I can have you helping me month to month. And at the very high end tier, you can give me everything, you know, and all the templates and all the contacts and all the messaging and we can do it ourselves. And that's very appealing to some companies still. There's just not enough of them that I've talked to so far that are willing to jump on that for me to justify it as my business. So keep in mind, I mean, th- I am the sole breadwinner in my family. This is my entire income. So, you know, having a few clients come in and out for the first six months of a year is great. And they had a great time, but it's not scalable. I need more substantial or recurring or reliable revenue. And that's so, why you're so- that's why, yeah. you, that's why I changed it up. Well, and I think there's a couple a couple points that I want to piggyback on. Um, I feel like you talked about the experiment side of things. Um, it's very scientific method, right? You have a hypothesis, like you think this is going to work. So then you, you take actual steps to see if it does, and then you evaluate the results. I feel like there's a lot of people that just ride the wave, whatever wave, whenever it comes, how it comes. They don't, they just... They're not self-aware enough to know that, hey, you know what? I could pivot. I could make a change. Because you thought about that for a very long time. It wasn't like you just overnight said, I'm not doing this anymore. And I'm... Yeah, years. Right. Um, So the second thing, though, is I think what you're offering, it's not a searchable... There's not many people offering it. And with the clientele you're working with, they're not used to doing it themselves. They're used to just opening up the wallet, handing someone some cash and going, you do it for me but there's real value in them doing it themselves. So here's my prediction that this window of services that you have this menu with multiple different options. Um, I think over time you might find more are interested in that DIY as you get more people in that, that bucket. Um, or it just might be a service that's not really, not really wanted at that price level. Maybe if I, if I've got a hundred dollars a month, that's what I can afford. You know what? Or I can spend 500 bucks and get a DIY. Okay, I'll do that. Call, call somebody else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly right, Marty. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. premium service. I, I charge what you would normally charge a, you know, sophisticated PR agency for one month, but that's, it's all intentional. You know, this was also an opportunity to step back and say, okay, I also need to raise my rates. And you, you mm. never want to miss an opportunity to do that. And it always feels uncomfortable and you feel foolish doing it. Like, should I do this? But I'm telling you, I, I needed I hit that point. I was like, OK, I got to also take a step back to do that. Um, but yeah, I was on a call today with a company and they said, Frank, they said right to my face. They're like, you know, we I absolutely love that you're not this typical PR guy. Like I you're, you're you know, my and I'm not like I I told him I'm a PR guy who hates PR. And he laughed at that because it's true. I think I think the industry is full of just crazy people that are too self-promotional and I'm way more interested in the nuance of story and, you know, getting good in good data across. And that's my philosophy, not shouting about, you know, buzzwords and press releases. So people respond to that. And I think when they see the menu, they realize, OK, your your ultimate goal is actually for me to do this on my own. So you will help me. But you're pricing your premium tier as like the non PR guy. Like, I want to give you some good training and knowledge and then let you do it. 
which is unexpected because they expect a PR agency, our marketing agency, just be like, yeah, it's 10 grand a month for the rent next five years of your life. Like, that's what they expect. So when someone comes in and says, I want to give you everything I have and be way out of the scene, you know, just be behind the scenes and give it to you. They respect that because that's a one time transaction and it's value based and you trust the team to do it. And I'm telling you, startups love that. So even if they don't choose it, they're impressed that it's the premium option. Because that's what I really want people to do is take responsibility for PR. The retainer is right in the middle, which is the one most people will choose because they need help. And I understand that. And I understand that now more than ever. But, you know, I'm not trying to to get people in a three year contract for a monthly retainer. That's just, you know, that's never been my thing. I think you're in a unique position, too, because I was thinking about like, is that model? Would that model work for me? Would that model work for Marty? Could you knowledge dump? for an organization to give them what they need. So I think when it comes to like design development, there's, there's no way you're going to be able to hand them over a design theory or, or understanding you can give them a brand palette, right. And tell them stick to these colors. I mean, you can do that kind of thing, like from a branding perspective, but even for me, I can, I can hand over the, the formula of like what platforms to use for marketing um, and maybe even some verbiage but they're not going to do with the results. They're not going to know how to quantify, calibrate, adjust. So yeah. it's very interesting that you've been able to even offer that because there's a level of transparency that has got to be appealing to a company when they're like, man, this guy will even teach us how to do it. Okay, well, now we'll just pay him. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what happens. They'd rather pay monthly than do it. But yeah. it's good. That's why. And, and Marty knows this probably from, you know, building out websites and like service offerings. You know, people usually choose that middle tier, but it's that that more expensive one that kind of sparks the the brain like it gets them wanting to choose the middle one as weird as that sounds there's a lot of psychology into that but yeah um, well even just why don't i qualify for the last one how come i can't that's the one i really want you know that gives me everything i have all of the bells and whistles yeah um i'll pay for that one please i can it's, so that's, it's the that's been my experience. Yeah, that's been my experience. But I mean, I'd love to hear you guys. So I know, Jake, you've you've pivoted quite a bit during the course of this podcast. Um, so exper- experiment and adapt has been your motto. So, I mean, you want to tell us more about that or? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. Um, I had a conversation a while back. It, when you work in freelance, you fail a lot, whether it's whether it's closing a deal, a sale, delivering something that needs even anything, if it needs revisions, technically that's a fail. I mean, it didn't, you didn't make it through first pass. I mean, you could look at it that way. Um, so I didn't realize that I've done that. I remember doing this for, you know, same thing, you know, 20-ish years. Um, you fail a lot. You try something, it doesn't work. You try something, you learn from it. Not everybody can, can do that. But no, I ha- so I did take the first four months of this year and tried to pivot my business offering. I tried to go all in on a, on a very niche market, a very singular focused. And what I found after four months is I couldn't get traction. I wasn't getting traction. People liked the idea, but I wasn't getting leads. I wasn't getting, it just, it didn't, it wasn't making traction. So I actually went from a hundred percent freelancer to now I'm actually consultant slash executioner um, <laughs> for a company. So I'm now a head of marketing and sales for a software company. Um, I'm working remotely. I still make my own schedule. I still have my own hours. I'm not required to meet a minimum. I'm still a freelancer in that, in that right. Um, but I essentially have one very large client. And I am telling you, I thought, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have said this, that's terrifying. And I don't think I'd ever want to do it. But going four months without having, like you were saying, Brandon, like not really seeing mm. traction somewhere else. I'm just like, you know what? Let's give this a go. And I love it. I love it. It's, it's great. So yeah, but, but I don't look at those four months as a wasted effort. I say, no. thank you for not having the next 10 years of my life wasted because I doubled down on that. So that's how yeah, I look at it. You made a it. decision. You know, at least you made a decision. And that's the thing. It's like, if you don't see any progress, you just can't, you know, uh, keep going at it and thinking that it's going to be different this next round or this next two months. 
And let me tell you something I've learned and I I've done pretty good with getting clients in the past, cold emailing and, and closing them quickly, which has been a real advantage. But you know what I've learned? It's been humbling. The sales cycle is long for clients these days. And you know what? I think it's mainly because of the the way things are now. Years ago, it used to be quick to sign up a new client. I mean, that was my experience. I could close a client. They didn't talk to a bunch of agencies. They didn't have internal reviews. I'm I'm telling you, for my the majority of my career, I'd have a call. They'd be like, this sounds great. Send me the proposal. Send the proposal next day. They sign a contract in a couple of days. This was how I always got clients. Things have changed so much because there are so many people doing this type of work and everyone's out there banging the drum on social media about who they are, that every company feels and it it makes sense. They feel entitled to just look at all of their options and go cold on you for months at a time. I mean, I'm talking to people that I talked to eight months ago that are suddenly back in the picture. And that's been very educational. Like you need to build in time for that sale to close. It is not an immediate thing anymore. And I think all of us have been around this long enough to remember when someone's like, you almost have a handshake agreement. Like, here's who I am. Here's what you do. Let's start working tomorrow. That was very common in the freelance space. But when you go on LinkedIn and type in marketing consultant or public relations consultant and get, you know, 10 million, 10 million options, companies are just going to fire off requests to meet with them. And it's it's been interesting, but that's just the way the industry is now. I, I think, I think it's the review culture, right? We're used to like, we check reviews on everything before we buy it. Now that does translate into, um, how we interact with companies. And it's like, you know what? Now I know I have options in the past. I didn't care that I didn't. Now I care that I do. So I do think that pays a big deal in the psyche of people making a decision or committing because there's almost a FOMO. I'm like, am I missing out on a better deal somewhere else? Um, I, I actually love Gary V's thought on this of the, just make a decision. Cause you'll never know what the other option was. Cause you can't go back in time and redo it. So why are you worrying about it? Just make a decision. And if it's the wrong one, change it later and go down the other road. I, I find that can't go back in time yet. Yet. Well, thank <laughs> you for that. Mr. Optimism. Um, <laughs> Mr. Optimism. Well, anyway, I, I do think it's important to be able to, to pivot like that and to make adjustments. I, I Um, admire both of you guys. You don't, I think you both experimented, adapted and made a decision and you move forward and, and you're, you're going at, you're going at it and you're seeing success right now, which is awesome. My, my, uh, you know, for me, I haven't, there hasn't been a need to do any of that yet. Um, here and there, I mean, I will say like essentially, um, if, if I had to say that I've changed anything, it's probably story brand. Thanks to you guys. <laughs> story <laughs> brand is, has, has really helped, uh, change the way that I build websites. I know that much. Um, and so, I mean, I've, I've read that book now two or three times and for, you know, for what it's worth adapting to or experimenting and knowing how to uh, bring a script to your client and say, Hey, this is, this is what we're going to follow in order to build your website. Um, that, you know, just having that period is invaluable, in my opinion. So, um, thank you guys. Appreciate it. You're, you're welcome. We accept our thanks and dollars. Venmo, yes. you can Venmo me. Um, <laughs> well, how about this then? Um, we had some listener mail. So I thought we'd just take like five minutes and just quick cover that before we get into our freelance dance picks of the week. Sound good? Yes. Sounds great. Okay. So a Mr. Justin Martin. Um, hey, Justin. Thank you for, for writing in and thanks for listening. Um, so he said, uh, I am loving the podcast. That's actually not we the reason that. he wrote in, but I do. I just want to mention that he did no, say that. Thank you for. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it um, was, there's no exclamation though after that. So yeah, there's he, just a he's period. loving the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, maybe if we answer his question, he'll put an exclamation point. Okay. Next time. All right. So he said, right. he, he said, I was just listening to episode 17 and at 26 minutes and 30 seconds, Brandon mentions how we should be doing Whoa. a daily 
five minute LinkedIn video on PR news. So I do remember that. And I do thought that that was a great idea. Brandon, are you doing those right now? And he's done it zero times. Thank you, Justin, (laughs) for making me feel terrible about myself. It's good. It's called, it's called fan accountability. It's a new thing. here. (laughs) Look, Um, that's great, man. That's great. I love the timestamp. Come on. He gave us a timestamp. Yeah, Justin, so we can go back. On, He's like, Justin, you, you said this right here, Brandon. Do you remember? You, you said, said that. He sold my feet to the fire, man. I, <laughs> I got to start getting paid for this. This is intense. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. so Je- Justin is a uh, photographer and does videographer um, in built environments. So I'm assuming he does like con- commercial construction, architecture sort of stuff. Yeah. What so, does that mean? So he says in the built environment. I'm not sure. Well, later on, he said uh, commercial construction companies, architectural firms, so probably to showcase their work. Okay. So like I'm a construction company. I build an awesome, you know, one bedroom, you know, ranch. This look really good. Yeah. Come in and get some drone footage of this and make it look like a two bedroom ranch. Nice. Okay. Um, So he says, how could he adapt Brandon's idea yet to be executed um, (laughs) to help him catch the attention (laughs) of, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Uh, catch the attention of marketing directors for that commercial construction company and architectural firms. So I have thoughts on this, but I will let you two go first. Maybe Brandon, since it was your idea, I feel like you should go first, obviously. Obviously. Cause I'm such an expert. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, my, my initial thoughts on this are, you know, I, my concept was PR news and industry news. I don't think that's your angle here. Um, that doesn't seem to be the thing, but how you stage a site, a house, uh, you know, a piece a construction, whatever, like there's got to be elements of how you set up the shot or what you're looking for or which room, which angle you like or which colors work. Like I'm thinking for a video series, it doesn't have to be daily or weekly, you know, what makes the com- composition of a great architectural shot, you know, something along those lines. Um, Industry news doesn't seem to be the thing, but I think if you could help those marketing directors understand what's going to make a good image, that's probably a place to start. That's my initial thought is just there's a lot of stuff he probably takes for granted that he's an expert on that he thinks, oh, everyone knows this. You got to have this, this and this. And this room looks better than the other. But I don't know those things. And marketing directors, unfortunately, they're in charge of marketing, but that doesn't mean they know those things either. So be very transparent and open and honest about everything you know in video. That's my suggestion. Okay, good. Marty, you got any, any yeah. quick tips? Uh, my quick tip is borrowing from Donald Miller. Hey, you're the guide, right? You're the resource. You're the person, you're the expert, subject matter expert of your field. So videography, photography, um, be that resource, like be the, Hey, this is the two minute video on how to do this thing or that thing or, or uh, why we why we use this lighting or why we have this angle or why we do this, you know, because then as you go through their feed, as people as you as, you, as people see you through their feed, they're going to say, oh, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. This guy knows what he's talking about, especially I mean, you're going to your videos are going to be great because you're a videography, you're a videographer. So, I mean, if anything, you know, why not have like the best videos available to show? You know, I don't, I don't see that on a regular basis in my feed. Maybe I'm not following any videographers. I don't know, but as a resource, being a resource through, through LinkedIn or through Twitter or through, you know, whatever other, you know, even emails, um, as if you have, uh, I was looking at your website, let me see if you have a, uh, set up a, um, it's actually not a bad, uh, not a bad newsletter, got a a newsletter. There you go. Three ways to use photo to grow your business. So you've got that, that can be, you know, you can send out to your, your email news, news photo or uh, your newsletter um, subscribers. So that's my, I mean, story branded up. Yeah. Be the guide, be the resource. So I, I think both of your suggestions are great. Um, I will mention something I think you should not do because it crossed my mind in the past. It would be easy to take a building or someone else's work maybe on their corporate website where they photograph their building and then show how you could make it better. Um, If you know the person and they ask for that feedback, it's great. But if you just offer that feedback, like, Hey, your photos are garbage. Uh, If you just took it from this angle, that would look way better. Um, That's not a good approach. So just going to lay that on the table. Um, But to both of your points, Justin, 
No, no, we know no, you're not. No, we know obviously, you're not doing that. You're a stand-up guy. I will say, yeah. I will say, Jake, you're you're putting an idea in my mind. Maybe this is something you don't agree with, but I would I would watch. Well, if I was in the space, I would watch someone who's like going through Zillow postings and saying why that was a good photo or why that wasn't a good photo because the Zillow scrolling thing was a huge thing in the pandemic. Everyone was just looking at homes they wanted to get that they could never afford, but it's because of the images. So if he spends this and finds some really popular listings on Zillow and says, this is why they're popular. This is why people are looking at the picture. This is why they like the pictures. That would be an awesome series and it would help real estate agents. It would be huge. Also, love people love watching Donald Miller critique their websites. I know. I love and it, too. I mean, I you love just, it. Like, I'm saying it's a fine critiques. line. Yeah, there, yeah. So, no, no, not saying, Jake, not saying that, like, like you can make it positive. Like, you can make the gotcha. critique a, po- a positive thing. It could be a resource. It could be something like, oh, that's why that works. That makes sense. So, so I think everything we just said, and then to put a bow on it, I think it's more impressive instead of just seeing a gallery of all of these amazing shots, take some iPhone photos, just like standard resolution, no color correction, no anything of the facility beforehand and have those side by sides. I would love to see a side by side of like, Hey, here's what it looks like when you take a phone picture. Here's what we do. And then those side by sides, before and afters. Yep. Um, even, but, even uh, like his, maybe like, Hey, this is, this is what we use. This is the, 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 the thing we use for this. This is what, you know, I don't know, some kind of diagram or something like, I don't know. Like, like Brandon said, DIY is an expensive thing. Teaching people how to do it. They want to know that they don't want to pay for it. Um, showing people how to do stuff themselves. You're not giving away industry secrets. You're literally just going to help them know you're trustworthy. So Justin, yeah. Martin, that's our advice. Um, by the way, his website is justinmartinimages.com if you want to check it out. So, justinmartinimages.com. Uh, Get a new server. You're about to crash. We're about to drive for- some traffic. <laughs> 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 website. You're welcome. Sign up for his newsletter. Okay. Three, so, three ways to use photos to grow your business. I like it. I like it too. Um, all right. If you have a question, um, feel free to send us an email. Uh, he went to Fireside or to our, uh, not Fireside, it came through Fireside because that's who hosts our podcast. Uh, <laughs> but the freelancedance.com and then hit the contact button. All right. Freelance Dance Picks of the Weeks. So this is a rapid fire. We speed round. And I'm going to go first because I'm talking. Uh, I got the new Apple AirTags. Oh. So they look like a Thin Mint or like a Junior Mint or some sort of like do you wish they came in different colors? Cause I kind of wish they came in multiple colors. I don't want to see it. This right. is hidden in some sort of thing. I actually don't care what color it is because for that reason, I get your point though. I did do um custom emojis oh, online. So I've got the, the cat one, the robot one, the 19, cause I had to pick four different ones. Anyway, <laughs> um, travel. I'm not traveling yet, but you can put them in your luggage. And because of the, the Bluetooth signal they use, you can actually track them way better than um, a luggage tag, which is a joke, really. Let's be honest. Yeah. Who finds a bag of luggage and is like, I'm going to send this back to the owner. So glad this is on there. Anyway, AirTags, <laughs> that's, that's my pick. I think they're small. I've got four of them. I'll put them in like my computer bag. Anything of value, um, probably not my vehicle, um, but yeah, computer bag, camera bag put it in your purse if you got a thick wallet you could do that i guess how long is the battery lasting in you- um quite a long time they are replaceable but you get a warning when the battery is low so okay i'll let you know i'll let you know in a year from now or six weeks when the battery dies we'll figure it out <laughs> either way <laughs> but anyway i i'm an early adopter of new tech and so that's my pick a little little tablets of air tags and we we go through this <laughs> awkward silence to figure out who's going to go next. <laughs> Sorry. Who's going next? Brandon, go next. Ah, uh, all right. I'll be quick. Uh, when I don't have anything else, I kind of just go to my bookshelf and some business books, marketing books I've read. So just going to throw out a quick recommendation for the content fuel framework. The tagline there, how to generate unlimited story ideas. This book has gone 
kind of viral on social because she's really good at promoting her own work, which is really smart because she's a marketer. Um, but yeah, I bought it. And um, the whole concept of this is and I'm going to not do it justice, but it's based on this idea of focus plus format. And so you start with the focus when you're trying to figure out what content to use. What's the focus? She has 10 focuses and 10 formats. And the idea is you can mix and match these to create unlimited ideas. Um, just some of the focuses, people, basics, details, process, curation, data, goes on and on, different types of content. And then once you've decided what the focus is, what's the format? And it doesn't just have to be writing. It could be audio, video, quiz, tool, map, live video, um, pretty basic stuff, if I'm being honest with you. But the way she's mapped it out does help you to understand how you can brainstorm some ideas. So there's nothing worse than having to create just a fresh piece of content and not knowing what to write. The idea here is you find your focus, you find the format it would be best in, and it gives you a, a ready-made template for what to do. So That's it's cool. not earth shattering, I will say, but it does it does help you kind of just get your brain wrapped around. And she has this idea, too, of content multipliers, which is like time. So, for instance, you know, the best things of summer 2020, the best things of winter 2020. Like once you have the framework, you can then use time, demographics, location to multiply it. So, you know, the best activities in New York City in spring 2020, the best activities in Cal, you know. You can see how this multiplies itself yeah. and you can keep having new ideas. Um, so that's that's the gist of it. It's it's a good little book. If you want some just kind of think new about marketing and content, I will tell you one last thing on this is she did something very clever in promoting the book. She took Do a tell. series of st this is a good idea, Jake. You're going to love this. She took a series of images of her book, like marketing shots, like um, stock images, like someone reading it in a coffee shop, it, you know, it on the sand at the beach. And she uploaded all these books that had her book, not some of them are featured prominently, but most of the time it was someone in the back. So it didn't look like this was, this was the focus of it. She took a bunch of these stock photos and uploaded them to all of the stock photo platforms and made them available for free. And oh. guess what? People are looking for images and her book has like, I don't even know, hundreds of thousands of impressions, her photos, because like marketers are just like, I need an image of someone reading a book and they just grab her image and throw it in their post. That brilliant is genius. Like, what, like Pexels or, or um, Unsplash? I wonder. Yeah, all of all of the all the ones you can upload yourself. But she just made it free and it's like it's a marketing tool. And it's not like the logos like in your face like this. Yeah, yeah. Again, right, it's very right, right. subtle. So that if you weren't paying attention, you'd be using her image without even realizing her books in it. It's just brilliant. So that's that's my pick more than the book is honestly that marketing approach. I love it. I also like that you have the paperback. Oh, the paperback all the way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Paperback. All the way. Yeah. That's it. That's a good pick. We'll have to um, I have to read that. And uh, yeah, we need, to, shot. we need to do a freelance dance uh, book club, like a monthly book club, like pick a book this month. <laughs> we did story brand. So we kind of started it. Yeah. Um, going right along with, with Brandon's pick, my pick is, another, is a book as well. It's, um, <clears throat> we're fans of Donna Miller here, just in case you, you weren't aware of that. Uh, Sir Donald Miller. Oh, yeah. Sir, yeah. Um, we, <laughs> I am, I am currently listening to the audiobook of business made simple. Um, I was recently on a plane and I like to listen to audiobooks and I'm like, I'm flying. And, uh, so I've gotten through pretty decent amount so far, but uh, really good. What I like, here's my, the reason why it's my pick is because especially the audiobook is because you get the extras from him. Uh, he goes, he kind of uh, explains things a little bit more after each section in the audiobook that he, you hmm. won't get out of the regular book that you, if you get it. So he'll kind of go off on a, another. Does he read it himself? Book. You said. Yeah. Oh yeah. He reads it himself. Anytime Good. an author reads their own book, they always do like extras. Yeah. I love it. Yep. That's great. Yeah. So he does the extras on the audiobook. He's like, this is why you got the audiobook Cause I'm going to. And so anyway, <laughs> he, we, we love him. He's good. And, uh, it, this is a, it's business made simple. I mean, but you know, it's a, a lot of it is common sense stuff, but it's just like a nice reminder and it's a good book to go to have. I haven't, I haven't, I don't have the paperback. I don't have the, um, the uh the you know the digital copy which i'll i'll download in a second here um but it's good for a resource to go back to and 
Um, it also, you also get a ton of like content. He's got like 60 videos and like all these PDFs and stuff you can download. It's, I mean, you're kind of, you're kind of getting, he calls it, he almost calls it like getting a, a degree in business an MBA MBA from one book. And it's like, I I think it is, it's a lot of content. Um, so he he even says you're going to go through it a couple of times. So I, yeah, I know, I know I am, but it's a nice, I bought it. I bought it and I haven't read it. So that's a good reminder to read it. It's sitting on bookshelf. Yep. Yep. It's hashtag same. Yeah. I mean, he goes, he goes through productivity. He goes through leadership. He goes through, um, uh, interview questions like, you know, why, why this one interviewee is going to do better than this other guy who's got, you know, whatever. So, I mean, it's just, uh, I I'm, I'm, I'm loving it obviously. So it's All great. Right. It's a good book. It's got the M stamp of approval. Marty's loving it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. I like that. There's two, uh, two physical, they're all physical products but a couple of books to learn. So, okay. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure to uh, hang out, chat about some fun stuff. Um, it's been a, it's been a good episode. So anybody else who happens to be listening to this right now, we're thankful. We really do appreciate it. 25 episodes in. Um, we just appreciate it. Listener we feedback. Yeah. All that's great stuff. Thank so, you. If you want to be part of this conversation, hit us up on Twitter at underscore freelance dance or Insta at the freelance dance and the freelance dance.com. But until next time, see ya later. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the freelance dance. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love it. If you would leave us a review, have an idea for a show or a question. Go to thefreelancedance.com or hit us up on Twitter at underscore Freelance Dance. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Until next time.